Hello, and welcome to episode 266 of SMARTS, which, as you know, stands for... Smallville Memories Attract Returning Titular Superhero. No kidding? Ooh, I can't wait to hear about this. Uh, I am your host, Julia Gulia of Internet Fame-Podcaster, and with me, as always, is Trevor, a.k.a. Rudiger Q. Podcaster. Hello. Hi. So a little bit of news this week. Is it having to do with Smallville? Well... And the titular star? <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, yes, Joe Smallville. I guess... <laughs> That wouldn't really work if the show was Smallville, right? Yeah. Right? The show is Superman and Lois, hence the titular star is Superman. Yes. Right? Yes. So um, <laughs> we learned this week that the Superman and Lois show on the CW is going to have, that makes it sound like a variety show, doesn't it? The da, Superman da, da, and Lois da, da, da. show hey. is going to have a extra length premiere. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a 90 minute premiere, which probably means only like 50 or 55 minutes of actual, you know, content time given how many ads are in shows these days the 60 minute show is only about 40 minutes these days so 90 mm-hmm. minutes is probably going to be less than an hour um but still extra length premiere and there's going to be like a special half hour featurette afterwards where they with interviews and stuff like that i don't know if we're going to get access to that you know on streaming or yeah you know, maybe that'll be on hbo max or the cw app or something it'd be nice to be able to or on itunes as an extra maybe it'll mm-hmm. show up uh, but it'd be nice to be able to watch that but that's nice isn't that they're making it a bit of an event that's Which is nice. good. I mean, it's the first live-action Superman show on TV in over a decade, so it's yeah. nice. If they, and if you don't include Smallville as a Superman show, then it's more like 25 years. Yeah, yeah. So, and we also, so this was interesting this week. Um, of, all, of all people, Kevin Smith, on one of his podcasts, said that he, had, he has it from reliable people, friends of his, that, are, that would be in a position to know that HBO Max is strongly considering doing some sort of Batman the Animated Series revival. Okay. So presumably this would take the form of Bruce Tim and maybe even other. I mean, I think that he's sort of become more strongly associated with the brand more than anyone else, more than Alan Burnett so or Paul Dini or anyone else other than perhaps Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Um, so presumably this would be overseen by Bruce Tim. I would hope that they would get some of the original writers and producers and stuff back. The problem is, and of course they could pick up the character designs from the, the new Batman Adventures yeah. or Justice League or whatever very easily. Those designs still hold up. Um, the problem would be that a lot of the cast is either would either be too old or, or unfortunately passed on. Like yeah. Bob Hastings, who played Commissioner Gordon, passed on. The actor that played Killer Croc in the revamp episodes, I think, passed on. Obviously, Rod, Rod, no, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. I believe is still oh, alive. Really? He's just I doubt he's working anymore because he's like a hundred years old. Okay. Um, Roddy McDowell, who of course played Matt Hatter, passed on. Oh. Um, I'm, there's probably more that I'm not thinking of, but you know, I mean, that show was almost 30 years ago now, yeah. right? So yeah. a lot of the cast have, have passed on or stopped working. So the show would obviously sound, and even the actors that are still working would sound different. Like Kevin Conroy yep. doesn't sound the same as, he still plays Batman, but he doesn't quite sound the same anymore. So it would be a little perhaps jarring from that respect. Anyway, I don't know I don't know how much truth there is to this. I mean, he does know a lot of people within Warner the Brothers industry, and DC yeah. Comics. It, it, the fact that this is something they're considering, I could buy because... I mean, more often you hear people talking about, oh, they should bring Justice League back. Because there's a lot, you know, they did a lot of Batman episodes. um, And there's been a lot of other Batman shows, but there's been fewer, you know, Justice League or Justice League Unlimited style shows. It feels like the possibilities for that show were limitless. And they only got to do some of them. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I I wouldn't turn my nose up at more more Batman the Animated Series in some form. The only thing that makes me a little uh, wary of this is, A, the fact that so much of the cast would have to be replaced. And B, the couple of times they've that that Bruce Tim has tried to revisit that style and continuity mm-hmm. in various forms have been a little underwhelming for me. I wasn't really a fan of the Batman and Harley Quinn 
movie no, yeah. with, what was her name, Melissa Rauch as mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. Yes. Not that I thought her performance was bad. I just didn't think the story was very good. Yeah. And then the the um, Justice League versus the Fatal Five animated movie, which was a Justice League revival, not a Batman the Animated Series revival per se, but it was returning to that continuity with those designs and those actors yeah. overseen by Bruce Timm was good, but it wasn't like earth shattering. Yeah. So I don't know. I, something tells me that maybe it was, it was a... It was of its time, and that time has passed. And you, one of those things where you try to bring it back, and it wasn't quite as good. I mean, it's one thing to say with animation, you could just pick up right where you left off because it could look exactly the same, and it right. could sound more or less the same. But without those writers, you know, at the at their peak, you know, yeah. without Alan Burnett, without Paul Dini, without, I mean, uh, blanking on her name, this is terrible. The um, the female writer who did some some great episodes. Uh, Hillary Bader, Hillary Bader, mm-hmm. who did great episodes of those shows and start and did some great Star Trek scripts too. She passed away, you know, and a lot of the other people like Glenn Murakami, James Tucker, who worked on the show were like just starting out in their careers at that time, you know, as, yeah. as very young producers or directors or even storyboard artists are now so high up in the chain at Warner Brothers that they wouldn't be coming back to do this to perform their old right. roles you know yeah. like a lot of those people have either moved on to other jobs retired outright or are now like running their own divisions yeah. you know directly so you you might be able to get bruce tim back to do it and maybe if a few people here and there and some of the cast but everything else would be completely new and so it wouldn't really be the same it's not like you know when young justice came back after five years where like literally everybody came back with the exception of one or two actors who had died right, right. yeah so i don't know i mean i I it'd be I I guess I would rather it happen than not just because it could be good, but I would it would I would need some convincing to to think that it you know I would need some really strong evidence to be persuaded that it could be as good as the original was. Yeah. But I'm, obviously, we'll have to see. Yeah. And then the last bit of news this week, I just wanted to mention that because we talked about it before it was happening when it was announced that the replacement for the DC Universe service, uh-huh. DC Universe Infinite, has launched. Um, it's just an update to the same app. The, the, the comic book, you know, picking, you know, like the library Uh experience, finding what you want to read and the actual reading of it is more or less the same. So it's a similar app, just sort of reskinned with some improvements, except all of the, you know, TV, all of the video content, the TVs and movies has been removed because all that's on HBO Max now. Um, but there's some nice added features in there. Like you can customize, you can have widgets on your home screen in iOS and you can customize the app icon and the community and shopping features are still there. It's it's a good app. And the selection now, as we talked about when this relaunch was announced, mm-hmm. is vastly improved because instead of, instead of treating it as, well, we're going to kind of be a jack of all trades. We're going to have some video and then we're going to have a selection of comics. Right. Now they're treating it more like Marvel Unlimited is, which is like, okay, everything, every digital comic we have including new stuff um, going back no less than six months. So like when a, when a new comic is six months old, it appears on the service uh-huh. and then all their back catalog is there. So it's much more comprehensive than it was before. Um, so that's good. And so it's if, if what you're after is comics, then it's a much better value proposition now than it was before. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good. I've been, I've been going through some stuff on there that um, that was probably there before, but it just gave me a reason to check it out again. I've been... I was rereading a little bit of Final Crisis and some some kids comics, looking out for mm. for reading with our son. And so, yeah, no, it's nice. I think it's a, I think it's a it's a strong service. Yeah. And the app has improved, and it. I mean, the app was really janky when it first I when remember. the original one first launched a few years ago, and they have been steadily improving it. It's just that I haven't had as much cause to check it again because we were mostly just using it on our TV 
to yeah. watch the video stuff. I haven't been using it to read comics as much because it's all just been old stuff. Um, so the, the I think the reading experience has probably been steadily improved for the past couple of years. I just hadn't had cause to check on it for a while. And so now it seems startlingly better than it did last time I, I checked it out. But I imagine it's probably been a case of gradual improvement. But it is much better. Like it used to be like it used to like not sync properly and there'd be weird glitches and, yeah. you know, stuff wouldn't like you'd, you'd open the app and it would take like five minutes for all the thumbnails to show up. Just not not good. But it's much better now. And the service itself is really strong. So yeah. I think people should consider taking a look at it if they're interested in having a big library of comics to read. Yeah. So That's what, awesome. So what was your comic of the week? I can't remember. What did I tell you? So you picked Deceased Dead Planet number oh, seven. Oh, yeah. This was so good. Um, I love a good conclusion arc issue. And uh, it picks up from last time where um, basically the bad guys were formed a, a plan where the Amazos, uh, the army of Amazos can wipe out all the infected people. But they don't know or maybe are not even willing to listen to the fact that... Um, um, that the infected can be cured because our good guy team had found the cure and uh, with Cyborg's help developed it and it, it was just a really thrilling issue to read those two sides going, uh, basically racing each other to save the infected versus kill all the infected and um, then they were pitted against, so our, our team wound up being pitted against the army of Amazos to stop them from killing more people because they knew now that they could be saved. It was very, very exciting and uh, seeing how it all played out and all the different pieces at work and the dynamics um, um, thwarting each other and fighting each other and everything, it was, it was very nice. And the resolution of the comic was really lovely because you got to see some reunions. And so they lost a good deal of people, but um, they were able to bring so many of them back. And it was just a really touching, touching moment at the end there too. So lots of touching moments, actually. It's really, really good. So that's why I had to pick it for my comic of the week. It was very satisfying. Yeah, I thought it was really good. The, the only thing that surprised me was it was even more of a happy ending than I thought it would be because I really feel like I just assumed that they would want to make this into a, a trilogy with all sorts of side stories and stuff. And they can still do those side stories, but this was such a definitive happy ending with everybody being cured. Not that there aren't more stories you could tell in this universe. Of course, there, there are. And I would love to read more stories with this version of these characters, but it's not... The, but the 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 hook of the series of, of there being like a lots of zombies and zombie heroes and villains everywhere is over. Yeah. So you could tell more stories, but it wouldn't really be deceased anymore. Right. It would just be a slightly different near future version of the DC universe yeah. that's undergone this disaster. So yeah. Yeah. maybe they could do it. I mean, there is there is still there are still some threats that were hinted at that are still out there, but it, and they could fight those threats, but without the infected, it just doesn't really seem like the hook for the series is still there anymore. So we'll have to see what they do. But obviously there's a lot of side stories and sort of prequels and stuff they could do if they want to, if they want to keep the brand going, which I would imagine they will, because this is like consistently one of their top sellers every time it's released. So Yeah, it's always been my favorite, like almost every time I pick it for my comic of the week. So that's why. What'd you pick? So I picked Rorschach number four. This Whoa, was just another great, this was another great issue. I'm really, I'd like, I wouldn't have expected if it's like, oh, Tom King's going to do a Rorschach series. That's basically following this, like nameless private investigator who's just like the 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 really interesting inciting incident happens and in, at the beginning of the first issue and then seemingly the whole rest of the series is just this nameless private investigator interviewing people about why it happened like it, it might build to something bigger by the end i mean there was that hint in the first issue that oh why does this old retired 
radicalized comic book artists have the real Rorschach's like fingerprints or 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 DNA or whatever it was yeah. like that. It we still have no idea yeah. why that would be. Yeah, um, and we're no closer to figuring that out. But I mean, I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying every issue on its own merits. It's sort of like just a piece of like investigative yeah. fiction, like a detective story or a noir story kind of. But I still I have no idea where this is going because it really just seems like. Like, I don't know, like, how is this, you know, it's like, it's, it's more about a series of, I guess, I guess maybe what he's going for is it's like a series that's about how different people like take up the mantle of or misinterpret the ideals of Rorschach yeah. to mean different things and like use his, his iconography for the, to suit their own purposes, yeah. you know, cause yeah. now we've seen a couple of different people do that. So maybe that's what this is about. This is more like a series about the legacy of Rorschach rather than a mystery of like, oh, is the real Rorschach back somehow? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know, but I'm, it is certainly very different than, you know, his other long form series like, you know, Strange Adventures yeah. or Mr. Miracle, yeah. right? Yeah. It's very, very different. So no, but I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, me too. And the art. Is, is fantastic also i all, i, I lo- this is maybe like my favorite style of art just like this very clean yeah like very clean like lay- you're never confused you know there's never some super byzantine page where you're not sure where to look or what to read next like let this let the pacing and the writing and the art carry the story it doesn't all have to be like you know super inventive i mean i'm i like a good super inventive you know jh williams the third panel layout as much as anything or a good old-fashioned jack kirby character busting out of the borders of a panel thing that he literally invented um but but this is like my favorite of style and tom king works with a lot of art like mr miracle had very similar like the style was a lot rougher there yeah but still very much the same sort of like the panel layout is all very clean and yep you know as was the original watchman like it's all it's all there's a lot of content in the panels but you're never but the the act of reading it is very easy y- yeah you know like yeah. you're never it's not it doesn't require a lot of brain power to figure like okay where am i supposed to be looking or which character is speaking or where does this go you know what i mean yeah like you just you let let the story carry it without so i mean there's a there's advantages to both styles but this is sort of my favorite like i feel like it's a lot easier to get swept up in the story this way when i'm not having like oh now i've got to turn it sideways because uh-huh. it's a big double page spread where there's a million things happening that uh-huh. takes me out of it you know anyway uh so you ready for your your quiz i am so this week i thought because we were talking about superman and lois i thought i would quiz you about the town of smallville oh okay, okay. i might actually do well on this so one. these are multiple choice this time maybe all right <laughs> yes number oh. number one smallville was first given its name in what year 1938, 1949, 1956, or 1986? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say, I'm just going to shoot in the dark because I honestly, I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to say 86. No, it was 1949. Oh, that was my guess. Only, I should have said it. O- I should have said Only off it. by about half a century. I should have said 49. I was like, uh, it wasn't immediately on 38. That one I ruled out. But... I should have said 49. I mean, for one thing, the Christopher Reeve Superman movie was almost 10 years before the year you just picked. And And they mentioned it? Yeah. I don't remember that. All right. Number two. Uh In the Silver Age, Lana Lang became which member of the Legion of Superheroes? Night Girl, Sun Girl, Power Princess, or Insect Queen? Oh, my. (laughs) I'm remembering the Simpsons quote. I am the Lizard Queen. Um... What year was this? Oh, I don't know. Sometime in the 50s. Power Princess. No, Insect Queen. Okay, that's that's the one I ruled out. I was like, that's too weird. 
Okay. All right, number three. Yeah. In the Superboy comics, the Kents ran which business? A diner, a barbershop, a farm, or a general store? A farm? No, they ran a general store in the Superboy comics. What? Yeah, they were farmers originally, but in the status quo of, of for for all the decades of Superboy comics, they ran a general store in the in the actually like in the downtown area of Smallville. They sold the farm and started up a general store. I don't know why they wrote it that way, but they did. Maybe just to get them, maybe so it would be easier for them to interact with other people, people. around town. <laughs> all right, number four. Okay. The Smallville High football team is typically called what? The Robins. The Crows, the Eagles, or the Hawks? Um, this was in the show. I know. In the Smallville show. Although I'm not sure if they originated it or not. Are they the Crows? The Crows. Yeah. All right. I don't know why the Crows. I mean, I, I guess uh. I know why. Because, you know, Crows and cornfields and farms. Yeah. and like okay, I guess. Sense, but yeah. I, I would have thought maybe they would go with something more Superman iconic. But no, it was the Crows. All right. Number five. In the comics, many Smallville residents were once replaced by White Martians, Durlins, Time Travelers, or Manhunters. Whoa. What's a Durlin? I can't remember. The shape-shifting aliens like Chameleon Boy or Linda Carter. (laughs) Hmm. Something in the comics? Yes. Why were you trying to remember if this happened in like the Supergirl TV show or something? Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for that Smallville connection. (laughs) Well, these all these are all story. These are all questions about yeah, but people in Smallville or places in Smallville. I didn't read the comics. No, but you watched. No, it's come up. Has it come up in the show? Do I have a chance of getting this? No, I think it might have come up in other comics though. Oh, Um, I'm gonna guess either shapeshifters, so white Martians. No, it was the Manhunters. Oh, mm. they can change form? No, but they can, I guess, What they were wearing human, Ma- human-looking disguises, I guess. Mask technology? Yeah, I guess okay. so. Okay, okay. I, mm. That All was right. in the 80s. Okay. During the Millennium storyline, I think. <laughs> so you got one. one. You got the crows. I one out of five. One out of five. Good job. Is it, though? No. I didn't think so, so should we talk about our shows? <laughs> um, yes, I'm ready. So we have the second episode of the season of Batwoman and then episode three of WandaVision. Yes. So what did you think of this episode of Batwoman? This one was called Prior Criminal History. So good. I love it. I really am enjoying this ride with Ryan. Um, the only one thing that I asked <laughs> in, the, in the beginning or towards the beginning when you sort of see how she got in trouble multiple, multiple times for things that she was trying to do good, where she stops the robbery in the pharmacy um and she's about to ask for the brand for the generic brand of uh, ibuprofen because the real stuff is too expensive like we've had I, I don't i know i know that experience um and um it's a, it's um like the other two guys come in there and and she kicks their butt using martial arts and she's just wonderful and amazing and then she's um trying to look in on the the guy who got clocked in the face the guy behind the counter and um uh that's when she gets arrested so you get a little bit more backstory of how she gets blamed for stuff she didn't do and has to go through all these hoops and hassles to um to just be be herself and um I really love the interaction between her and Sophie because I think that's like the first time they talked, but it didn't seem that way from their conversation. Well, on the show, but they had clearly yeah. met before. And yeah. I'm trying to like, 
I, I was trying I'm to like, read, like, why would the crows care about small time crime? Well, because even though we've only like seen them pursue like big time criminals like Alice and yeah. Batwoman, presumably they I, do I, other I think stuff the, around the city. Ostensibly, they're supposed to be like fighting all sorts of crime. Right, but they're not police officers. They're they're hired goons. No, basically. but hired goons. Yeah. No, they're they're <laughs> private. They're private, like law enforcement contractors. So yes. I, I think that yes, they're probably. I don't know. I mean, they're probably um, supposed to focus more on. I, I feel like we've gotten. We haven't really got much clarification on this. Like, is there still a Gotham Police Department, and what are they doing? Yeah. But I feel like yeah, the crows are probably supposed to focus more on like the big ticket items. But I mean, I don't know. Right. Maybe. Yeah, convenience store robbery seems like it probably. It's too sh- low. Should be low too low on for, there. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. and um, But she was also looking for some pain relief from her kryptonite wound, which we never got a payoff for in this episode anyway. Because I don't even know. What's the status of it? Is it getting worse? Is it bad? Is it getting better? Like, is it still bothering her? She, it's obviously still bothering her. That's why she was in the store buying medicine in the first place. But, um, like, we don't even get it get a glimpse of the wound this time and we get no mention of it this time and she's completely fully functional and she's helping the team again this time and she has an encounter with Alice um which was very fun I like their chemistry that was that was engaging that the actress playing Alice is so good I have to say like she's just so good and in this episode she goes up against Julia Pennyworth which is um, also interesting because they know Sophia. I didn't remember that Julia Pennyworth knows Sophia too and I'm interested in that um, and then we get some leads as to, you know, at the end of the episode, um, the whole thing that Alice does with endangering the city in the way that she did was a call to to um, enrage Sophia enough to get her attention. And I thought that was interesting, too. It's just all around. I don't know. I really love this episode. It was really full of fun plots and interactions. And I like the chemistry between the characters. And Ryan Wilder is a pretty awesome awesome character and i hope to see um i don't know i'm, I'm looking forward to the next few episodes so what about yeah. you no i enjoyed it i i what was the thing i was gonna say that um your refrigerator moment i had a couple those no those there was my, one there my... was oh well the only thing that i'm like that i wondered i mean i guess she's just being she's just because she has a flair for the dramatic but when when alice showed up and gave Mary like the packet of blood yeah. to cure the sickness. Yeah. Like Alice's whole point was that Mary's blood contains the cure. But so it may did... have worn off. That's what I was thinking. I thought of that too. I thought of that too. But it may have worn mm. off by then. Like her her cells replenish. Blood replenishes itself. I suppose. So. Wasn't there a thing later in the season, like well after the thing with where she had to choose between her and her mother, where it was where it was a plot point that she still had immunity it to it. It was soon though. after, and that's when the blood was harvested too. Like that's that that okay. was the time that. Yeah, I guess it, it could have worn soon up. after. It, but if so, I think I, I feel like they should have mentioned it. Would have been especially nice, yeah. for a new viewer who would have been like, "Wait a minute! If Mary's blood can cure it, then why did you need to bring like the question yes. that I just asked? Yes. If it were, they were a new viewer, so a lot, having a line in there where she said, "You know, I'll take this because." You know, right. my system has cleared the cure out of my, you know, yeah. uh, the system's been 
the cure has been cleared from my system by now, yeah. naturally, so I'm going to need this to, you know. Right. They could have had a line where she mentions that to Sophie or whatever, even after the fact, just to clarify things. Or right. they could have easily ADR. I mean, these shows are not certainly, I mean, certainly Luke, not, for not, example, not adverse no, to ADRing really I mean, obvious things. Luke would have been the, fact, the so. one with the information, right? Because he was the one that yeah. knows the backstory. The I mean, case. I guess so your they, explanation they makes the them. most sense. And maybe, maybe it was mentioned last season that it was wearing off, but I just didn't remember that. And I, I would have been nice if they clarified that because I'm like, well, <laughs> say, here's some blood. Wait, I have my blood. That's like right, all I right. have. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. 98% that. You don't need to give it to me. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was the only thing where I was a little a little confused. But I thought I thought it was nice. I thought that, I, you know, I think that the, they're doing a good job, as with last week, making the story interesting in Kate's absence. I think Ryan is shaping up to be a good character. I like the the notion at the end. Um, it was a, it was super on the nose that the one volume of Kate's journal she happens to take off the shelf and open oh, some random yes. page to was the, was Kate recounting the one time when they crossed paths. I'm like, what are the odds of that? Um, but I do like the conceit that as as Kate as the narration of the series as you know it wasn't used super frequently, but it was used sometimes yeah. with Kate narrating to, to her events, but Bruce, but yeah. it was actually her writing in her journal to Bruce, and now Ryan is going to be writing to Kate. Yeah, I um, thought that was nice. I, I thought it was be... cheeseball that she flipped the next page after that entry because I was like, there were lots more entries after that. So I didn't like Well, maybe. That, I mean, the book, I, she, I the book she picked up was on one end of right. the shelf. So sure. maybe that was one of the last entries. Maybe that was one of the last things she did before. I mean, when that I, took place was unclear. True. That could have been one of the last things that happened. Before she maybe, got shot at by the crows and then the plane. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that was even after that. Maybe she fought crime for a couple more days before she decided to go get on that plane. And that was, you know, no, that would be even more super coincidental right, and convenient. But they, but they literally said two months ago. Yeah, I don't know. They did time frame it. They, but yeah. I'm that bumping was, on it, it was a little, like a it was nerd a little that I am. overly convenient. But. Yeah, I, I don't mind that she found it. I, um, You're right. Like maybe if she had been reading over them for a little while and then she runs into that entry, that would be a little bit more meaningful or realistic. Um, but I did like that moment. And I like also that <laughs> that she's going to write to Kate. Um, that's, yeah, that's very sweet. I like that she's an investigator in her own right. Like, she's not a dumb woman. This is a person who grew up in a very different way. And she actually made a really good case point for the job interview that she didn't get, but uh, kind of the same pitch that she had to the Batman team was that, like, my prison time was not fun, but it did equip me in a way that a lot of other things didn't. And I can read people a lot better. I know how criminals think. I know where they go, what they do how they operate in a way that sometimes even cops don't. Um, and yeah. that makes me unique and it makes me useful. One thing I'm curious about is whether is whether they'll continue to, like, because it would seem weird yeah. if, you know, Luke and Mary are living the high life with all this, with their money and their fancy equipment and so on, and Ryan is still living out of her van. Yeah. But by the same token, if she just like slides into Kate's old life and is now living the high life right. herself, yeah. then if if written if she is written consistently and well, I would imagine that that would seem to her to be like some sort of betrayal of her yeah. core values or like because again we've made the it would you know, be inauthentic like a, like yeah. sort of a Green Arrow thing like she she wants to sort of stay a man of the people or a person of the people right yeah um. But but that that could be an interesting story thing where where Luke is like you know look it's it's it, it is actually in inconvenient yeah. for us to have to ha- for you to have to come in from your van and on the other side of the city every time we need Batwoman yeah. you, you need to be closer to home even if that means you know living in the penthouse here like it's literally it can make the difference between being able to save someone's life or not and her having to say well am I willing to 
Right. You know, yeah. it's not like living in a van is fun for her, but I feel like she kind of, for for some for a variety of reasons, yeah. some valid, some not, kind of carries as a badge of pride the fact that she lives such a rough life. And you know what in, I mean? Yeah, and not only that, but she has no knowledge of the city that other people don't. Like they were trying to. Uh, um, lead the bats away from the city and they were talking over the radio about different parts of the city that looked abandoned on a map but she knows where the homeless people are setting up camps and she says no there are people there I I promise there's I mean that's something that I mean this sort of it's sort of an unfair like I like that they're using that to characterize her and maybe that's something that Kate wouldn't have known. But the way that, say, Batman is characterized in the comics, like, do you honestly believe that Batman wouldn't know that there yes. were people? Like, because uh, yeah. that's the whole the whole thing is that he is like unrealistically knowledgeable about every single facet of, facet of Gotham, yeah. right? Yeah. And it does. It, the, the only thing that it sort of reminds me of when you were talking about how she has this insight into the criminal mind yeah. that, say, Kate didn't have. It kind of reminds me there there were some those great sequences in Batman Begins where Bruce leaves behind his life uh-huh. and goes to travel abroad and he's and he has no money and he's forced to like s- steal food to survive and live among the criminals and works there to and remember there's that great scene where he's like working with a bunch of other people to steal stuff and he's they break open the crates and it's got like Wayne logos all over it like he's Aww. literally stealing from his <laughs> old company to you remember yeah. you remember some of these scenes in Batman Begins so it does remind me of that like like that was part of the training that Bruce put himself through was to understand the criminal mind in a variety of ways. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I think that was a great bit of writing in that movie to show that, yeah, one of the things he would do is to learn what it's like to live on that side of the tracks, tracks so to speak. Were, yeah. And that's one of the many reasons that he knows that he can't just go around killing people is because he actually understands what it's like to be them. And that they're driven to do these things by dire economic circumstances or poor upbringings or, you know, yep. pressures from local gangs or whatever. Yep. So he's not just going to go around lopping off heads, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I and I, I. So I think that that's it's smart to characterize him that way sometimes because otherwise he would really come across as like the way that he's sometimes criticized as like oh this rich white guy who goes out goes out and just beats on poor people right. every yeah. night, right? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to you have to shade it with like oh he knows what they're going he's actually stopping imminent violent crimes and then but he's he's also helping rehabilitate them right. through these community outreach projects and you know funding right all this stuff right so and it, but I think for her it's smart to give her that extra you know. I like that she has the cleverness to know that from one conversation with her and Sof- Sophia yeah I, I'm trying not to say Sophia because that that's going to get confusing those episodes you mean Sophie then right Sophie yes Sophie so Sophia <laughs> I said Sophia, yeah, because, uh, yeah, see, this this is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, uh, she and Sophie were talking about Alice and how she didn't get a bullet in the face. Um, and Alice, uh, uh, she figures out, Ryan figures out that Alice must be Beth, the missing, the missing girl. And I love that. I love it because it's like, way to put it together it's like she's walking yeah that was smart for her it doesn't really speak too well to sophie that some random criminal from her perspective that she's hauled in a couple of times that she's not able to to keep a secret for five seconds in the presence of this total stranger and clues in this total stranger to some dark heartbreaking secret of her boss she slipped up she slipped up yeah (laughs) Yeah, it was like that happens the one time that we get to see it with this random person she hauls and how many other times has (laughs) happened oh dear um oh dear but uh but yeah so that again that was like really like that's that doesn't doesn't exactly speak to her professionalism not a shining moment for sophie no anyway yeah um so wandavision this week so this one was called now in color Mm -hmm. i think that uh, i think that this is my favorite one yet but i bet i'm going to be saying that every week because every week the show is just going to be getting like ramping up the mystery and the 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 growing unease i mean there's so many things in this episode there's the scene where the neighbor is like 
trimming his hedges and stuff, but he's like actually cutting through the fake the fence, sort yeah. of like portcullis between the two uh, uh, thing. And the background is just like a really cheap looking painting. Um, Vision okay. realizes what's going on once, and then there's just like a glitch in the in the in the matrix, and then yes. he's like right back to not knowing that. Yeah, yeah. Someone pointed out that if you like go through frame by frame as he's figuring it out before it glitches, yeah. he actually looks right right into the camera for a couple of frames, oh. almost like he realizes he's in a show or something, and then she resets it and he doesn't know anymore, right? Oh. But then there's the scenes later where he's talking to the neighbors, and it really seems like he's starting to understand what's going on. Then of course later on, after she has the twins, which we can talk about. The scene with what's what's Monica Rambeau's fake name? Is it Rochelle or something like that? I can't remember. Geraldine, that's Geraldine. It. Geraldine right? There you go. Yep. Where did I get Rochelle from? Anyway, I don't know. Um, well, she's talking to her, and she mentions that she had a twin. And then Geraldine says, "Oh, you know, because again, this playing into the the strong theory that she actually was sent in there by sword, right? Like yep. she knows all this stuff." Yeah. Um, she says, "Oh, yeah, you know, this was his name, and he was killed by Ultron, right?" And like she then she like. It's like, it's scary, right? Like, you, you, yeah. you don't know which... I mean, it, you know that she's probably not going to kill this new character after three episodes because we know she's going to be in the movies later. But, you know, it's scary. Like, it is yeah. Wanda, Wanda's really being... Like, the Medicine. way those scenes were written and shot, she's really being portrayed almost as, like, the villain of the show, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I'm betting that there will be a more villainous villain by the end. Even if Wanda is the one doing this, I'm betting that they're going to reveal that her powers were amped up or manipulated that someone is taking advantage of the situation for some evil means because um, I think there's going to have to be someone that they can engage in like a big fight with by yeah. the end yeah uh, I don't think they're going to veer that far from like the traditional structure of, of the story I bet even if Wanda is responsible that there's going to be some more villainous villain by the end but right. it's I don't know, all sorts of theories and, you know, Mephisto or whoever was basically <laughs> the Marvel Comics version of Satan, basically. And he has all sorts of magical dealings with, with Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange in the comics. So that could oh, interesting. be a logical way for them to go. Um, but yeah, and, and then, you know, she ejects <laughs> Monica from the reality, yeah. right? And and she's, you know, you see sword, the sword people I all I thought it was fascinating that when she's ejected, Monica is still in her costume from that era. Like she didn't change it to her civilian yeah, clothes. Yeah, I saw some other people talk about that, which which either means that she brought some clothes with her to infiltrate the place, or it means that the things that that Wanda creates in that reality do Hold. have permanence, permanence and substance, yeah. which speaks to the possibility that maybe Vision could persist after this, or that I think more likely the kids in some form will persist after this. Yeah. So yeah, and I think that that's I think that they did that intentionally to to get people thinking about that because yeah. otherwise you're watching this and you're like well this is obviously something she created it's all going to be torn down by the end and what will be the aside from like a psychological examination of Wanda's character what will really have been accomplished in the end but if you now know the things that happen here can perhaps persist and, and be carried on to other stories then I feel like you you're you could be a bit more invested if you weren't already so right. I think that was a smart way of, of illustrating that yeah yeah and the scene where she remembers her brother and like her yeah. accent starts to seep back in, like that was a great the performance lullaby. also. Yeah, so and the good. lullaby. Oh, Apparently God. if you turn on the subtitles in one of like the many different language options. So if you turn on the subtitles in English, it just says like singing in Sokovian or something right. in parentheses. But if you turn it on in like Portuguese or something, uh -huh. there's actually a translation of what she's singing. And I don't know if that was <laughs> just some Portuguese translator taking liberties or if like, I don't know why they would have gotten some note yeah. that everybody else didn't get. But anyway, apparently there are, if you buy that, then there are lyrics to this and it's basically what you would expect about, you know, like a little Sokovian lullaby, but it, I don't know. Apparently it was 
you know, it wasn't just improvised or something. There was some script for it, but yeah, um, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah, oh. yeah, it was really good. It was a very good show. Yeah, and and again, like the actual sitcomy stuff with the doctor and the you know the twins right. growing and the at the faster rate, and her yeah. having to sort of hide her pregnancy from the neighbors and so then the stork fun. and everything yeah. like that was all funny too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it continues to be really good. Yep. Um, yeah, so keep watching it. And do you want to do today's outro? What do you mean? Cause, uh, sometimes I'm very forgetful. Last week I actually plummeted it full of how you say references. Oh, well, you still do a better <laughs> job than I can. I can't, all right. I, I can't even keep track of all the things. All right. So if you want to reach out to the show, <laughs> we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our website is www.smartspodcast.com. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And on Twitter we are at smartspodcast. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. How about... Ooh, very good. 